0: On this episode, we're going to tackle the hard-hitting question, is Barbenheimer still in the zeitgeist? You know, are we not cool anymore? Are we irrelevant? (laughs) Because we do this so intermittently, we're so delayed (laughs) in tackling new movies. It's like,
1: hey, remember uh, a month ago when, more than a month ago when this movie came out? These two movies? Well, guess what?
0: I guess we are also talking about the last voyage of the Demeter, which nobody saw. So, <laughs> yeah.
1: so we're definitely irrelevant. It's quite simple, really. Just need to show you some films. You mean like going to the pictures? Something like
0: that. Grounded Grounded down.
1: Welcome back, everybody, to another fantastic episode. I'm Mitch. And I am Stefan, and this is Drag Mitch to Hell, the show
0: where I subject poor Mitch to genre movies that I love, but believe he will hate. But right now, we're just having a little bit of hell. Little hell. So... We're going to obviously do Talk to Me, Barbie Oppenheimer. And I think we end with Last Voyage of the Demeter because that one I do want to talk about uh, in spoiler terms. Sure. So we don't have to, like, get people to jump around like, oh, skip this time code or whatever. I think we can just, like, do it at the end, talk about it generally, then offer a, like, spoilers incoming. And if you haven't seen the movie and it's likely you haven't seen the movie – at that point you can choose to either uh, listen to us spoil it or go see it. The choice is yours. So I think that's
1: I think that's that works we'll for me. I don't really have a whole lot to talk about in terms of films. Like I've got the I've got Talk to Me, Oppenheimer and Demeter, but I didn't I haven't really watched uh much else recently. So that's pretty much all I have.
0: I've been watching uh, Love Island, which has been a hot mess. It's been great. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, I, I guess I have two things. I saw, uh, here, let me pull this up really quick. I saw Satan Wants You, which is a Canadian documentary, uh, about the satanic panic, and it's more specifically about the Michelle Remembers book, and it kind of like its history, as well as the relationship between Michelle and her psychiatrist. And I thought it moved briskly. It's an hour and a half. It, it, it's well produced, and it looks slick. But if you're familiar with this, this, uh, this case, it doesn't really offer too much, uh, you know, in the way of like new material. And, and it's funny because Sarah Marshall, who does the You're Wrong About podcast is one of the people that that is interviewed for the movie and she did a podcast series on it. And it's like, it's so much better. Okay. <laughs> uh, and also, so it's, it's directed by two dudes and my letterbox review is essentially that uh and my my partner is the one who actually said this but it does feel like towards the tail end because michelle declines to be interviewed for the movie she's still alive uh it allows like her sisters as well as you know other people being interviewed to offer basically it, the, the she ends up getting together with the psychiatrist as they're kind of like developing this you know uh satanic ritual abuse story that they're going to be uh that will become part of the public zeitgeist in the early to uh early 80s and it goes in, i think until the early 90s roughly is kind of like it's it's duration but um basically they start to say that oh like she just wanted she was saying like she's a crazy woman saying anything to get this guy is kind of like how it became towards the tail end of the movie and it just felt like it maybe needed a little bit more nuance like, uh, I, I, it's just, it, it, it needed more development. And if we're going to choose to focus only on like one specific event of the satanic panic of like this book, and it it, it does go into like the Mick Martin, uh, trial as well, but it, it doesn't really go into anything too deep. So, um, like, like it doesn't go to like dungeons and dragons. Um, and, and there's what, a, yeah, I mean, there's, there's like a ton of stuff that you could explore with a satanic panic, uh documentary but this one just chooses to focus on michelle remembers and and if that's what they're going to do i just expect to learn something i suppose and if you're familiar i don't think you're gonna like get blown away by it by any means but you know worth checking out so that's satan wants you uh and then i also want to talk about the latest neil Breen movie which i was surprised that you were aware of neil Breen when i had mentioned that i was going to go see it
1: yeah, I am surprised that you haven't made me watch something of his for our regular series, to be honest with you.
0: Yeah, I mean, maybe that could come down the road. This was a, a blast, man. So apparently it was only playing in, I think, seven theaters. Like, I don't know if it's across Canada or just like across North America, but it was like a pretty packed house and the environment was like going to see like Rocky Horror Picture Show or, you know, anything that has like a lot of like crowd participation. It was just like a fucking blast. As soon as like it said, directed by Neil Breen, people were like cheering and clapping and like the nonsensical plot is just like so wild. And because they're, if you're not familiar with Neil Breen, he basically shoots all of his talent on a green screen and comps them uh, kind of poorly into <laughs> a flat still images um and because it, it's quite clear that they film them separately because he'll like pause actors like freeze frame them while somebody's delivering a line and when he's like ready to like have the other person say their line he unfreeze frames the the actor to then deliver his line and then freeze freeze frames the other person <laughs> like it's it's just such a wild uh movie and i had a great time so uh if you have the Ability to see that in a theater with a, a crowd that uh, uh, enjoys that kind of stuff.
1: And what's it called?
0: Uh, Cade the Tortured Crossing, or I mean, I don't. Cade and then colon something rather, <laughs> and, and it's tortured. The man, the plot is bananas. It's like there's uh, there are twins. One, but one is like an AI, and then the other one is like a philanthropist buying a. Uh, a derelict mental institution and uh, training the people there to be warriors of truth and justice i think that's like kind of close to what the imdb uh, re- reading okay. is for for this film and it is that does not prepare you for the absolute insanity that follows so check it out i had a great time I was with somebody who was like, oh, I, I kind of wish we did like mushrooms before going to see this. And midway through the movie, I just like said, I feel like I'm on mushrooms right <laughs> now. Like, this is a wild time. Uh, so,
1: you don't need drugs. There you go. Have a beer and enjoy the movie. I don't know that I'll check it out, um, but I'm sure you'll subject me to something at some point.
0: Yeah, I mean, like, I, I gave it three and a half out of five. Like, I had a great time watching it. Um, it, it but would I
1: enjoy it stuff?
0: I mean, no. So it is suitable (laughs) for this podcast. I do think that that would be something that we could explore at some point. But I'm kind of locked in for what I want to do this season. So okay. Um, and 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 to be honest, if they're they're typically one and done movies for me. Like I might have a good time and the experience is fun. But like me wanting to rewatch it, I don't think so, man. I'll I'll be honest. Yeah. Yeah. So okay. Should we just get into talk to me first?
1: Uh, sure, we could do that.
0: Do you want to give us the, the
1: rough, a rough synopsis here? Just some, if he, the, for the uninitiated. Yeah, essentially you, this is a, a horror thriller, uh, directed by a couple of, uh, brothers who, I think they're brothers, guys who had a YouTube channel that had some success though. Raka. Raka boys or something uh, as they're known as which is odd and their youtube stuff doesn't look like uh not something that i am into I i mean i don't want to cut
0: you off but like in in so i didn't i was unaware that they were like youtubers until after i saw the movie and then when i went and looked at their stuff i was like it's hard to believe that the people who made that made talk to me like it's it's like night and day difference uh racco stuff like it sucks it it is it's fucking terrible it's kind of surprising that they uh i guess they used their their clout to like you know get in the rooms and get into like rooms to pitch this project but uh definite upgrade is what i'm gonna say
1: yeah for sure and as far as the plot of this movie goes i when i describe it to people i feel like it sounds kind of dumb. Like if somebody pitched this idea to me, just the way that it is, I'd be like, oh, okay. Uh, but essentially it's about a group of friends, teenagers, they're teenagers, right? Like, yes. Teens. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, High school students. Yeah. Who essentially have figured out how to conjure spirits, uh, through an embalmed hand, uh, that one of them has happened upon. Uh, they sort of explain, at some point, where this came from, sort of. Um, but, <laughs> I don't even uh, care, man. I don't care. No, it really yeah. doesn't. Uh, it really doesn't matter. But essentially, yeah, they're able to uh, conjure up a spirit by putting their hand uh, in the palm of this embalmed hand, and then saying, "Talk to me, right?"
0: Uh, and then I like I let you in. I think right. The, so this that's two parter.
1: So you, so you say, talk to me, and then you can see the, like, spirit uh, in the room. And then when you say, I let you in, then they, like, basically take over your body. Um, and once the connection is broken with the hand, then that's it. But you can't do it for too long. <laughs> Or bad things happen. You
0: have 90 seconds, baby. You gotta get in and get out. Or you have to, they have to get in and get out, I guess.
1: Yes. So there's some like sort of odd rules where you, you if you think about it too much, like how did you discover that like the 90 second mark is the mark where, you know, the demon will stay, it'll stick around if, uh, if you don't cut it off. Um, but it, it really doesn't matter to me. I mean, like I said, the plot, when I describe it, it's like, OK, this doesn't sound like anything that is, you know, the plot itself doesn't get me excited about the movie. Uh, but what did get me excited about the movie was the reviews were great and you saw it and told me it was great. And then somebody else I know saw it and also told me it was great. And I'm like, all right, I'm sold. Uh, as you probably know, at this point, I don't watch the trailers for the movie. So I had seen essentially nothing from this movie uh going into it and i had a ton of fun watching this this is a a real good time at the movies for me
0: yeah i told you that uh it was like an anxiety attack for me like like basically there's a uh a moment where the the movie the movie turns and you kind of understand like where it's going to go with its plot and from that point onward i was just like anxious the whole entire time because i've talked about it on this podcast i don't I don't, uh, I, I, I get really, really affected by movies where the main character starts to unravel essentially and, and can re- result in like embarrassing situations. Like I just, that is like horror to me. Anything embarrassing, I'm just like, I want to get out. I don't want to wallow in this. Yeah. Uh, so it's just like incredibly effective. And like I, yeah, I guess like the premise does kind of sound silly, but like, you know, it follows as like a, a, a sexual disease haunting yeah. like it sounds fucking dumb too but it's great um and, and I've, I've listened to some podcasts and they were just like i don't i don't buy the the concept that like teens would do this i'm like man i was a goblin as a teenager i'll for <laughs> sure do this shit like where did you grow up that you don't buy that like people would do this um so i think that is a silly argument and also just like it's just the jumping off point and then from there i i do see that maybe uh, a viewer might think that uh uh somebody violates the 90 second rule and that's kind of like what creates a lot of the drama in the movie just i don't want to talk about it because i think that maybe people still haven't seen this i don't want to like ruin anything but from that point onward it, it kind of spirals out of control and you could make the argument that it does maybe like feel like a little bit like rudderless. Like it, it, it feels like it doesn't have like a traditional, like we're going to reconcile all of these problems and it's going to be like a little bow at the end. It kind of just does its own thing. And I found that more exciting personally, but I could understand how like somebody might be perturbed at it. it's kind of like, uh, Spiraling out of, as, as the story spirals out of control, feeling like it loses like a little bit of structure or something to that effect. Um, I, I get that,
1: but yeah, sure. Uh, but it wasn't an issue for me either. I think that there's a lot of really good stuff in this movie. I mean, the performances are great. There's uh, I won't touch on it specifically, but you had mentioned uh, sort of one visual moment in the movie as being like incredibly haunting. Um, and you know, the one I'm talking about, which a hundred percent, uh, it's like, God damn, that is fucking creepy. Um, it's, it's a very effective movie with what it's doing. And I do think that I mentioned this to you before, but, uh, right from the, the jump, it's got just like great energy. You're just like thrust into it. It's got a great cold open, um, which sort of just sets the tone for for the rest of the movie. Uh, and I do think you're right about the teenagers doing this. Like, it's almost like they're doing a drug, essentially. Yeah. Like, they're getting high off of, like, this thing. Because there's no... I mean, initially, there's, like, perceived danger. But once you've sort of done it the one time and nothing really happens other than some sort of silliness that they all record on their phones. Then they're like, all right, it's my turn to, to do it. And they all film each other and do stupid things. And of course that's what teenagers would do if they were (laughs) were given this ability. Uh, But I think it handles it well. It's not a movie that is full of jump scares at trying to go that route, which I appreciate. And I also liked that. uh, I felt like it could have gone a route of, okay, all the people who are doing this, like the sort of group of teens who are involved are now all being, uh, followed by the demons or, or spirits or whatever. And then, okay, now it's the, this guy and it's him in, alone in his house and the demon gets him. And then, the, the, yeah. you know, like sort of offing them one by one. I feel like th- that's a poorer version of this movie that could have easily been written, uh, but it doesn't do that. It's like
0: Flatliners, essentially. The original Flatliners. No, yeah. Well, I mean, I assume the remake is the exact probably. same thing, but like I didn't watch it and I don't care to watch it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But like the, the, those are characters who are like going to the other side and then bringing yeah. something back with them and it turns into kind of like a... You know, ghost slasher kind of like structure. And that's fucking like, sorry, I have like a weird affinity for, uh, flatliners because I watched it like super, super young. So
1: I enjoyed the, the original flatliners, uh, movie. Um, but, but yeah, I, I think that this, uh, movie could have done that. Like I feel like that's a sort of easy route to think of and would add, you could have more jump scares and more deaths, like trying to give the horror fans what they want, if you will. Um, but it doesn't do that. Uh, it's only impacting certain people for certain reasons. Um, and yeah, I think it's, it's really effective. Now I did want to ask you one thing, because uh, there is sort of a grief element. Yes. In this movie that we've talked about how we're sort of uh, over grief being used uh in these movies how did you feel about that here did you think that it worked were you like "Eh, fine
0: there's a lot of things that people get hit on as there's there's, there are kind of like elements of this movie that are now cliched like even the the not the scene where we we referenced loosely that we're not going to describe because if you haven't seen this movie just go in and fucking experience it but the scene where the uh, a character inflicts uh you know uh, a huge amount of you know, trauma to themselves
1: <laughs> yes <laughs>
0: <laughs> like that that's th- something that like we've we've seen in like other movies to a certain extent like it, it but it, it does go to like the like it takes it to 11 essentially uh you know there's the element of grief uh there there are things it, it does feel like almost like it follows to an, a certain extent that they're trying to like understand the world that they've now found themselves in, I guess like, so that, I mean, there's like a lot of like similarities to other things, but it still does it in a way that it just feels like fresh. Yeah. And the, the grief, uh, this isn't giving anything away. The, 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 main character, uh, her mother has, uh, passed away and it's revealed to, she's adamant. It wasn't suicide, but it's most likely suicide. And the main character is grappling with like how to understand, uh, having a, a, a parent who, uh, as she perceives them, to not want to be with them anymore and just, like, you know, off themselves. Uh, I'm talking about this very callously. but uh, <laughs> uh, it, it, it So it does interesting stuff with, quote-unquote, grief, and it doesn't feel like it's just like most movies now where they're just like, let, like, let's talk about the, like, just drop trauma or grief, and then there isn't an exploration of, like, what that is. They just drop the words, and it right. doesn't feel like it's really being explored via the characters
1: and here it does feel like
0: that. So uh long winded way of answering your question. It did not bother me and I liked it. So,
1: yeah, I think that the, the base thing that you hit on there is the, the characters themselves. And so you've got characters that are interesting and that are developed and have interesting relationships. And those ideas are being explored through those relationships. And like you said, not just sort of being, dumped on. Like you mentioned the inflicting pain on themselves um, which we've seen countless times. Um, But because of the relationships that have been developed to this point in the movie, I think that it's more effective that way because we're invested in this character and we don't want to see them inflicting pain on themselves. Um, Not only for them but for the other character's relationship with them. And it's like, how is it going to impact them? Because again, I feel like I'm being very vague in this description, but it's very uh, hard
0: to not spoil stuff. <laughs> it really is.
1: Um, but yeah, done very well. It's a, it's a lot of fun. I enjoyed the hell out of this movie. It, I'll definitely watch it again. Um, uh, yeah. I found myself looking up the soundtrack the other day, because uh, there's some good music in in the movie as well, good performances. I I like the ending. I I think that I saw some oh, the complaints ending is about so good. the ending, but I think it's it's great. Yeah, I think it's that, perfect. Yeah, the, the ending is is wonderful. Like
0: yeah. I, I I you couldn't conceive of a better ending. I don't think. Like it's like it's just a nice little cherry.
1: Yeah, it's great. Um, really good movie. They're definitely worth checking out. Yeah,
0: we both agree. Check it out. So if you haven't seen it, uh, it's doing decently at the box office. There's going to be a talk to me coming out. It's already in development. So. Oh yeah? Yes, sir. Oh, um, I don't know
1: how I feel about that stuff.
0: Uh, I'll, well,
1: I'll watch it, but I don't know how I feel about
0: that. So, uh, I mean, I feel good about it because I, I think this movie is, is very successful. I, I think that the, basically the ending explores other possibilities of of other people doing this and i hope it just like picks up with a fully different story and there's a whole bunch of stuff that you could explore with this conceit uh and develop it further so i i I am cautiously optimistic is what i'll say all right (laughs) Uh, i guess that now that leaves us with barbenheimer um, you didn't see Barbie. Unfortunately,
1: so. I have not seen Barbie yet. So I, I have nothing to add here. Uh, yeah,
0: I'll, i send like one minute. Uh, one minute is what I'll all say. All right.
1: Let's hear your Barbie thoughts.
0: I, I fucking loved it. First of all, we're going to go see it. Um, uh, yesterday, actually at the drive in, but unfortunately it's like a triple feature with like, uh, it starts with Blue Beetle, which I'm, I'm not watching. I don't fucking no. care. I have a, I have an aggressive <laughs> anti Marvel stance. Uh, Are you anti? latino uh i'm not anti-latino man it, i feel generally bad that they've <laughs> finally gotten to a place where they're like like oh we're gonna like explore like edit, like fucking non-white properties but it's like it's come like 13 years after seeing so many of these fucking movies that i'm just like i wish they just started off with like cool stuff like this uh but anyways i'm, I'm like a fucking do not care about blue Be- beetle I, yeah. uh, zero interest um, I'm sure the the great cast and all that stuff, but uh, I, I just don't. I don't want to support these movies because I don't want to see them anymore. I just want them to go away.
1: You want to support
0: movies like Barbie? I want to. Yeah, Barbie. I'm here to talk about Barbie. Barbie was like. Uh, anyways, uh, I, I'm gonna go. end up going to see the barbie in the drive-in on sunday so that's 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 the long-winded way of getting to that point but it it presents uh barbie land is a world where all the barbies all the iterations of barbie lord over this like wonderful neon technicolor land and everything is perfect and their perception is that because barbie has existed it's righted all the things in the real world um and the basically how people play with their barbies um uh affects the barbies in barbie land so the the uh uh, stereotypical barbie is is the is the main character played by margot robbie And, and basically she gets infected with uh thoughts like hey have you guys ever thought about dying which is like a wonderful fucking line of dialogue uh in it I'm, I'm sorry if i've spoiled it for you but uh it it basically explores her realization that uh the world outside isn't as great as they thought and barbie hasn't fucking done anything <laughs> it's surprising <laughs> that, the, that mattel allowed this movie to get made because it is such a wild swing and uh the characters do talk in kind of like a, like, like a superficial way. That's the style of the film. And I, I, I know you'd mentioned that like, Oh, some people thought it signposting, like talking about, let's talk about issues or whatever. And, and, and not oh, like, uh, like, uh, preachy, I think is what you said yes. or something. It, they, they do talk superficially, so sure, I guess, like, to a certain extent, you could say it's preachy. But, man, it's just so much fun. I thought it was incredibly funny. Its final moments, much like Talk to Me, are fucking awesome. Uh, the, the beat that it ends on, I was just, like, was hollering uh, with laughter. And also, an annoying theater experience, let me tell you. Uh, <laughs> somebody brought uh, children that were too young for this movie. Mm, uh, of course. And, they were just kicking my seat for like 30 minutes and then like going, wee, 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 like whatever fucking stupid kids do, like making uh, obnoxious noises.
1: Classic children. Classic
0: children. This is an anti-children podcast. <laughs> You're goddamn right. <laughs> fucking get your children elsewhere.
1: Um, yeah, I'm looking forward to watching it. I've heard mixed things pretty much all across the board. I've, I've heard. Uh, thoughts on Uh, you know that you really enjoyed it and obviously it's done very well both critically and uh, commercially Um, but then like I said I've known some people who generally liked it but like again thought it was preachy Um, and then other people who were like this is boring I thought it was a boring movie Um, so like I've heard everything, so I'm going in still optimistic. Um, but yeah, I, I literally, I've learned more about the movie in your summary of it than I had knowing anything about it because I haven't watched any trailers for it. Um, I've seen a bit of like marketing here and there through, you know, either like Instagram or YouTube five seconds before I can skip the ad. Um, so I've heard the, uh, do you guys ever think about dying line? Um, it's so
0: fucking good, man. But uh,
1: a plus. I've a try. I've done my best to avoid, uh, and basically, anytime I see anything related to the movie, I just try and skip it, and you know, because I don't want anything spoiled. So, uh, I've still pretty much know nothing about the plot of this movie. Or what, what happens, I told
0: you so. is 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 like five minutes, and where it goes is like in, in, like I think amazing. Personally, I don't like. I don't understand being bored in this movie. I can understand kind of thinking like, oh, the jokes don't land, but this movie i don't think can be criticized for being boring
1: in any way (laughs) like i don't know
0: that's me personally like that that to me is like a uh, a position that i don't i don't get yeah
1: well i'm looking forward to i i say i think i'm gonna go see it tomorrow um but that just depends on you know whether or not i can convince my partner to to go with me is she just fully disinterested no. <laughs> she's just she's just fully uh against wanting to leave the house. Uh, respect, on, respect. on Sundays, it's like, uh, I just want to do nothing and like, you know, if 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 I leave the house on Saturday and go to like an event, then Sunday's like, no, I just want to chill before I go back to work on Monday. Um, and I'm like, this is just, a, we can chill at the movie where this isn't like a big thing, but anyway, we'll, we'll see. We'll see if we get there. I think that we, I think I can convince her to, to go. Um, but she does want to see the movie. So, uh, yeah, hopefully just I can play that chingy to, you know,
0: song and you're good to go.
1: Play that chingy song.
0: Wait, who does, who does the ticket to the movies show? <laughs> it is
1: not, uh, it's not chingy. It is not chingy. <laughs> Uh, I believe it is like a, an African man, uh, who just like randomly appeared on YouTube one day and people, uh, thought it was amazing. Uh, take you to the movies. Baby girl. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, it was, you just play that song and you're good to go, man. Bangs. Bangs, that's it. I got the popcorn. I know what things you like. like yeah. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, what a great oh, reference. Man. No, yeah. not Chingy, who I did uh, get to see a little bit earlier this summer. Ching-y. Is Chingy the hotel guy? The Holiday the Inn. Holiday Inn. Chilling at the Holiday, the Holiday Inn. Inn. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, also a uh, wonderful lyricist, clearly. Yeah. So- <laughs> 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 oh
0: man, I'm an idiot. Uh, so uh, like, I, 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 I Got bangs wrong. I'm not seeing Blue Beetle. I think I've just been outed as a full racist in this episode. It, pretty much, yeah. Yeah. I'm sorry, guys. I'm just trying my best here.
1: Uh, yes. So why don't we move on to uh, one of your uh, heroes as a white savior, uh, <laughs> J. Robert Oppenheimer. J. Robert Who <laughs> saved us from the Japanese.
0: Kind of communist, but maybe not. <laughs> really loves the Bhagavad Gita. That's right. Yeah. Um, All right. So uh, this is about the Atomic Bomb. (laughs) I thought this movie was good, and that's it. That's my review. (laughs) That's all I have to say. Uh, We have uh, Killian slash Cillian Murphy. I I learned the proper pronunciation like a week ago, and I fucking forgot immediately (laughs) which one is the appropriate. I'm
1: pretty sure it's Killian. It's Killian Murphy. Okay.
0: Uh, he, He stars as the titular Oppie. Uh, G. Robert Oppenheimer. We have uh, uh, Matt Damon as uh, General Groves. I think. Uh, yes, Leslie, Leslie Groves. Groves. Leslie Groves. Who uh, he looks nothing like uh, the real. Uh, just Google that for, that image
1: for me for one second. I'll, I'll wait for you. Just. Well, I thought it. you were talking to the to the listener. So oh, I, no, I, I, I don't, don't, you fucking you live your like life, guys. Here. Uh, <laughs> I I looked him up. Be after listening to the last podcast on the left series uh, about him, and he is a portly fellow. <laughs> uh, and Matt Damon isn't necessarily the best uh comp for him. Uh, yeah, but it, it's you know they they gave Damon a little punch, a little punch. Uh, little punch. So he, he, I, he doesn't look like the anthropomorphic
0: pig that like, <laughs> should have been casted in this role.
1: Sure. Yeah. What about John Goodman? John Goodman would be a good one. Old, but that's like younger John Goodman. I, but then
0: I feel bad about what I just said
1: <laughs> because, like, I like okay, John. Goodman. Okay,
0: yeah. So I don't want to like. I don't want to be mean here. I don't want to yeah. body shame Leslie Groves. Uh, sure. Long deceased Leslie Groves. <laughs> um, and we have uh, we have Robert Downey Jr. in I think a really great performance. I think you were kind of softer on it. Um, and. But, man, I don't I am just rambling. I'm just saying actors that are in this movie. There's a Which weird Which could last
1: like three hours it because is of distracting. the amount of actors who are in this movie.
0: Yeah, we we have Macon Blair, the director of the new uh Toxic Avenger movie as uh as his as uh J. Robert Oppenheimer's counsel uh for the later stages of this film because it does, you know, straddle his history. Okay. Uh so we have Young Oppenheimer, Manhattan Project Oppenheimer And then his kind of, like, political crucifixion for being uh, a a proponent for, like, anti-war and and, and trying to stop nuclear proliferation. Um, We have an incredibly, incredibly awkward Casey Affleck uh, (laughs) role where... (laughs) Because when, when, it's also a reveal. They're like, they yes. show his face. And it's like fucking Casey Affleck and, and my partner and I just like turn to one another. And like, what the fuck is happening here?
1: Yeah, I think that uh, that was one of my criticisms of, of not only this movie, but I feel like historical dramas that are directed by these big uh, directors, like Lincoln is the other prime example of this. Uh, a movie that I enjoyed far less than I liked Oppenheimer. Uh, but where... Every single person in the movie, every single actor, whether they have two lines or 20 lines, is someone recognizable who, to me, it's distracting. Um I've heard an argument for it um being that you need to remember who these people are because they're going to be in two scenes and then they're going to be important later in the movie. Um, so that's why you need to remember Rami Malek's face because a random other guy, you wouldn't remember anyway, but I don't know that I necessarily agree with that because when it gets to the point where Rami Malek's character becomes important and they mention the name of him, I'm like, I don't know the character's name. It's like, oh, okay, sure, we're bringing back Rami Malek, but I'm pretty sure they also like flashback to him <laughs> being there in other parts. Like this, this is the guy, remember? Yeah, I, uh, I don't agree with that. I, I think I don't think I yeah, agree with that either. There's there's just too many, uh, and I shared with you the the Leo meme uh from once upon a time in hollywood where he's like pointing at the screen every time an actor pops up it's like hey there's the guy from stranger things Uh, hey there's josh peck hey there's casey affleck (laughs) benny Uh, safty or whichever safty brother acts isn't it too yeah so i i did find that distracting uh, uh, in the movie again especially with casey affleck because like you said you hear his voice and then immediately i'm like i know that fucking voice like is, is that him? And then they reveal and it's Casey Affleck. And I'm like, okay, like, sure. Here's a, here's another, here's another A-list actor who's in the movie for, you know, one scene. Um, so that was something that I didn't particularly like about this movie. I would say generally I did like the movie. Um, I think there's plenty of good stuff in it, uh, but I'm not a uh, Christopher Nolan worshiper by any stretch of the imagination. I think that the movie is flawed. I think that it's over long uh, and I do think that it, much like other Christopher Nolan films, it plays with timelines in a way that I don't think is enjoyable for me. I think that the first probably twenty to thirty minutes of the movie just feels like rushed, and is is feel the editing is strange because you're balancing between uh, the pre-Manhattan project. Killian Murphy uh, sort of introducing Oppenheimer uh, at the same time as you're cutting to the later stuff with uh, Strauss and Downey Jr. Um, and also the sort of coming together of the Manhattan Project team or like the, I don't know. It just, it feels like it's a little all over the place and it's trying to really quickly speed through the beginnings to get to now we're in Los Alamos and we're trying to create the atomic bomb. And so it just moves too too fast in between these multiple storylines. I just had a hard time like settling into the movie until they were actually in Los Alamos doing the testing, like leading up to the Trinity test and stuff like that. So that was something that I didn't love about the movie. Um and, uh, yeah, it's three hours long, but it just felt like there was so much condensed stuff at the beginning. It's it's like, almost like an Ocean's Eleven, like, getting the team together. But if you're combining the getting the team together sort of montage stuff with two other, like, timelines that you're also, like, trying to balance all that. I just found it to be a little bit messy uh and disjointed for me at the beginning there. So that's, that's one thing. I mean, I have a, a number of criticisms <laughs> I feel like, but that was a, a major one.
0: Yeah. And then, uh, I mean, I, I don't know if this is fair, but this is just like how I felt watching it. Uh, basically the way that the movie unfolds, Strauss or slash Robert Denny Jr. Um, it is, S- stealthily doing a like uh, a political investigation of J. Robert Oppenheimer to remove his security clearance for the government uh, via a trial to get all of his personal history on the record, um, and then also there is a confirmation hearing for Strauss. That's the kind of like the parallel. Uh, they're not parallel. Sorry, like the confirmation of Strauss is after the trial, um, and that has a bearing on the way that it goes. But it it feels like because Oppenheimer isn't involved in the confirmation hearing at all, it feels like disjointed. I understand that one is important for the other, but it just feels like the ending is about Strauss. It isn't about Oppenheimer. For me, I was just like, I I just want this movie to end and I'm not super invested (laughs) in, in whether or not uh Strauss is confirmed uh in the US Senate I think question mark I don't know what his like political uh appointment is going to be cuz I forget and I don't care.
1: Yeah. Well, and that was another issue that I had with the movie was that it loses steam towards the end because Strauss becomes the focus in that area and as much as he's involved in the earlier stuff, like he's his stuff is interspersed in there. I've, I just didn't find that I cared either about where this was going. So after the Trinity test is completed and we've moved on to this last probably 30 minutes of the movie, um, I just was like, okay, like, sure, this isn't all that, uh, interesting to me. And we've already been here for two and a half hours. So like, let's wrap it up. Um, yeah, certainly didn't uh, enjoy that last bit and it's not that it's poorly made by any means i think that christopher nolan is for me mostly like a a technician like i he's not a bad director i do think he gets a ton of praise um and i think that a lot of people are sort of blinded by their love of him and i do think he's good for movies like i like that he's around and that this movie was such a huge (laughs) you don't you don't wish him gone (laughs) no that fucking Uh, christopher
0: nolan out of this world man
1: yeah i think that he's the type of director who i who i like just because he's making he's not making at this point anyway uh, superhero movies or movies that are sort of already IP re- remaking movies. He's doing it what he wants to do, uh, which are, you know, if it's based on, you know, what's Dunkirk or Interstellar or whatever it is. These aren't my favorite movies by any means, mm-hmm. but I like that. He gets he's big budgets. They're in theaters. They attract an audience. This was a huge hit. Uh, I like that people are going to see an R-rated sort of movie that's not based on some intellectual property that already exists. Um, and, and as far as the movie goes, I guess I should talk about things that are good in it as well, which I think that the stuff in Los Alamos, the Trinity test, everything there I thought was really well done um leading up to the test, I think everything is executed really well. The acting in the movie is great. I I think that Robert Downey Jr. is very good in the movie. I've just seen a lot of he's gonna win an Oscar. Like he's the he's the guy. This is this is it for him. And he might, but I don't see this performance as one that couldn't easily be uh eclipsed by another actor in another movie. Uh, it just it it doesn't stand out to me as like holy shit like this is the the performance of the year. Um whereas I do think Killian Murphy will probably end up being the an Oscar winner by uh, next year. Um because he Really, like, he's in probably every, well, I guess not every scene, uh, but he's he's in a ton of this. But he carries the movie, um, and he's clearly a man, like, burdened with the uh, weight of this whole thing on him for a, a portion of the movie. Um, he's he's really good. Uh, I can't say anything negative about the performances in the movie itself. Um, so plenty of good stuff. I found that the score was both fantastic um and also not needed in certain moments like there were there's moments of where there's score and it feels epic intense and and really great and then there's that sort of same vibe from the score in scenes where it's just a couple people talking and i'm like this doesn't quite fit this scene like i'm not sure i love the use of the score here um so it's sort of both a Plus and a minus for me uh, in the movie, but plenty of good things enough to recommend it. I think that it's definitely worth watching. Um Is it a movie that I think I'll watch multiple times? Yeah, you know, maybe I'll give it one more shot a couple of years down the road. But I don't know. the The runtime alone sort of puts me off, Uh and I don't know that there's anything in the movie that really makes me want to go back and 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 revisit it. It could be something like. Interstellar, where there's maybe the the Trinity test. I'll go back in and rewatch once it's out and available, and, and I steal it. <laughs> um Like Interstellar has, have, I've rewatched the scene on the planet with the giant wave. I've never seen it. I
0: don't care. Don't want to watch it. Oh, okay. Personally, yeah.
1: Um, well, that's like <laughs> that was the the best moment in the movie for me. Uh, a movie that I think is also too long loses steam at the end and goes in a direction that I don't care for Um, and that's why I've never watched it in its entirety again and maybe I will one day but uh, I don't know that I will Um, so this could be that Um, anyway even the Dark Knight has the
0: same fucking problem like everybody's like oh it's a you know perfect movie it is not the last 30 minutes of that movie are a fucking mess like his like like every cell phone creates a like bat sonar for him. And like that whole stupid, like ending of that film is like kind of junky. Um So I, I think this is a constant problem almost even, you know, for the dark night.
1: Uh, I've had this conversation with a few people about the dark night where I'm scared to watch it again. <laughs> Cause like when it came out, I was like, fucking this movie's amazing. It's so good. Christopher Nolan's amazing. Um, And then, you know, rewatched it within a few years. But in the time since, because that movie came out, what, 2008? Um, it's, I've seen some like clips here and there and I'm like, this looks kind of goofy. Like, <laughs> It's like, I don't know that I want to revisit this movie and completely change my perception and be like, oh, this is kind of dumb. Like, sure, there's good things in it, but like, eh, because um, I'm not a fan of The Dark Knight Rises at all, and I feel like if I go back and watch The Dark Knight, it'll be closer to The Dark Knight Rises than my memory serves. Uh, I so. have a
0: revelation for you. Um, I don't think The Dark Knight Rises is a good movie, but I don't know why. I, I prefer to watch that than The Dark Knight. I don't know why. I, it's a bad movie, but there's like something about it that I'm just like... This is so stupid. <laughs> and I'm just kind of
1: like in. So I have a question for you. We're neither of us are clearly Christopher Nolan stands. Yeah. Um, but if you're picking one, what is the best Christopher Nolan movie? What's one that you would go back and rewatch, if any? Uh, Memento, I think would be my, my one. All right. Moving on. You, do you have one? <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. Um, I think that Memento is definitely. One that I would go back and and watch again. I have similar concerns that like if I go back yeah. and watch it, I, it might be not as as clever as I remember it. Um, I really like the prestige. Um, oh yeah, I think that's, that's a, a fun, that's a, uh, fuck yeah, uh, a good movie uh, that doesn't do a lot of the same sort of dumb stuff that his other movies do. Um, but yeah, that I think that's Oppenheimer. Is there anything else we wanted to? <laughs> No, I mean, like, there's,
0: like, small things that I didn't like, but I don't want to just, like... I I did... I also think it's good. Like, it's a three and a half out of five for me, so I think it's a, uh, yeah. a recommendation. So I don't want to, like, harp on it, essentially, and just be like, here's a little bad shit. Like, I don't... Like, some of the imagery, I'm just like, I don't think this works, dude. <laughs> like, the interrogation scene <laughs> slash sex scene, I was like, this feels jarring and not in a good way. Somebody in the theater laughed because it just yeah. felt so, like... I understand what you're trying to do trying to visualize the fact that he's being made to relive some of the moments of his life where he wasn't proud, but integrating a sex scene into the interrogation just doesn't work for me. I gotta be honest. Let's move on.
1: Yeah. I think it's a, it's a, it's a recommendation from both of us, but neither of us loved it or thought it was the masterpiece that uh, many people are calling it.
0: Yeah. I feel like that people calling it a, his masterpiece is not going to age well. I don't think. Yeah. It's uh, some some weird hype machine for the Oscars. <laughs> Did they get some sick Oppenheimer swag to write that uh write that okay. uh That review copy? I don't know. They all got fun hats. They all got fun hats and pipes. That's another thing that fucking pissed me off, man. They treated it like fucking Indiana Jones with this dumbass hat and whip or something. (laughs) They have like insert shots of like, here's what you know about Oppie. His stupid Manhattan Project hat and his fucking pipe. And and there's like insert shots of like, oh, he takes that and he, he takes the hat and then he takes the pipe. Then he's walking through Los Alamos. I'm like, I don't need this shit. Like play it like more... Subtle and low key. I don't need. It, it, it almost felt like a like a Spielberg moment where I was like, I don't, I don't like this. I don't want to see this. Just make a. It, it, it just feels like they're turning him into like a cartoon character in that moment, or like a, some kind of like bullshit superhero, like Clark Kett's glasses or something. I don't know. I just I and we're done. I'm done. I'm fucking done. I don't want to talk <laughs> about this right. anymore. Uh, we have the last voyage of the Demeter. Which is uh, memefied as Dracula on a boat now. Um, I haven't yes. seen any of the memes, to be completely
1: honest. But I haven't anyway. seen any memes for this. I'm surprised that they exist. It's probably the fucking studio yeah. <laughs> trying to be like, please, this <laughs> worked for Marketing. Barbie and Oppenheimer, right?
0: Yeah, I think too little too late for the Dracula on the boat memes. I personally haven't yeah. seen one. I'm unaware of their existence, but apparently it's a thing. We saw this together. We should. We should probably. Probably yes. Handhold people through our experience.
1: We did. We well. We had plans to do. Uh, you know, the people were doing the Barbenheimer. And yes. We were going to do. I don't know if we settled on a, <laughs> on a name, um, but De, uh, de, uh, de, de Marismo. The, the, yeah. <laughs> we were like, all right, we've done uh, the Neil Blomkamp thing on this show. So like we're both and we're both curious about Last Voyage of the Demeter. So why don't we do a double feature of Gran Turismo, his new movie, and Last Voyage of the Demeter and then we can cover them. And then for whatever reason, I guess positive word of mouth is what you had said. some weird studio positioning bullshit, clearly. (laughs) They decided to push Gran Turismo back by a week. Two weeks, uh, I think? two weeks, yeah, uh, and so we did not unfortunately get to see that together. So we only went to see Last Voyage, of the Demeter. But yeah, we did have some some chicken wings beforehand. Yes, and then we're like, <laughs> oh, I don't know, Ooh. killed some time, uh, had a little drink at the VIP uh, lounge. Oh, that was <laughs> so weird. <laughs> Where our uh, waitress judged our drink choices.
0: She had like a smirk every time we ordered something. She was like, you fucking idiots. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I was like, all right, whatever, man. Just let me live my life. Yes. Um, yeah. yeah, I don't know. We There were six other people in the theater uh, as a uh, a true indicator, as if it yep. were a true indicator, I think, for the movie's overall performance.
1: Yeah, this um, was opening night of the movie. This opening night. It was rough.
0: <laughs> I oh, mean, and then, so we, 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 I booked us our seats, uh, in advance, and then, um, uh, we, we go to the theater as it's about to start because, you know, we killed all of our time. And then two people sat next
1: to us. Who picks those seats? You fucking weirdo. <laughs> yeah, the whole theater is basically open. Yeah. And you picked two seats right next to two other people. Like, Come on, get the fuck out of here. I don't want to sit next to you during the movie. Fucking like, weirdos, man. I don't who get it. Who wants to sit next to someone? I, I don't care if you have like your preferred spot and it's like, I have to, you know, be a, in the middle, middle section of the theater. There are other spots. Leave one seat. That's all you need. You just need a buffer. Yeah. I don't want to sit next to you.
0: Man, I this is like, it's like urinal rules essentially. Like, you know, exactly. just like fuck off and, also, my my personal pet peeve is like, I go to the gym at the deadest fucking time. Like it, it's, uh, after lunch, like 2, 2.30 is when I, I'll go to the gym because it's fucking, it's a ghost town. And every once in a while, some weirdo, like I, I'm an elliptical man because I got bad knees, so I want like low stress, kind of like cardio typically, uh, with like a little bit of resistance going on and Somebody always fucking settles up next to me. I don't know what I give <laughs> off, what kind of energy I give off, but like every fucking weirdo just like wants to it gravitates towards me. And I'm like, I just want to like be left alone. Generally in
1: life, that's like, <laughs> yeah. I want to be left alone. Just don't come near me, man. Yeah. If you're going to the gym and you're in the cardio section and there's people, you know, scattered around, you pick the machine that has at least one Buffer One machine buffer between you and the other person, unless you have no choice, unless there's only that treadmill or elliptical available and you have to go next to somebody, then it's then it's permitted. And the other person can't be upset about it because, all right, that's the only one, the only option. But if there are multiple options, then fuck off and pick one far away from me. Again, I, I'm the same way. I don't want to interact with you, especially if you're at that fucking gym. Yeah, like for I'm sure, sweaty and gross and doing my own thing. Like, get out of here. I don't, I don't know. But there's a lot of gym etiquette that people don't follow. It's fucking irritating. Yeah,
0: wipe down your machines. Fucking do wipe that. down
1: your machines. We've got a problem. So I work out at the gym at at my work, um, which is full of cops, basically. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh and so and people that got work you. for the police. Yeah. Um so I mean there's plenty of like giant dudes that work out there. Um but like and it's it's not just the police. There are plenty of, like the civilians, I'm not a cop, but I work out there as well. But people that will be working out on a like on a bench and then on the bench that's next to them. They've got their phone and their water bottle. And I'm like what are you doing? Why, why, why does that need to be there? Uh, and I'm sure that's not exclusively at my gym. I'm sure that people do that at any gym anywhere, but it's just like th- this is a, a relatively small gym. Uh, so there's only like six benches for people to use. And when it's busy, there's, a, I mean, you're not getting one. So if, if you're taking up two with your fucking stuff, put your fucking phone on the floor next to your fucking thing or put it in your pocket. That's exactly why I have. Shorts with pockets when, for the gym so that I can put my phone in it and I zip up the pocket. And then if I'm laying down on the bench, it's not falling out.
0: Yeah. All right. I don't even want to talk about Last Voyage of the Demeter. I also want to talk about (laughs) fucking assholes who don't go to like, for whatever reason, think that locks are some expensive thing you can't afford. Go to the fucking dollar store and get a lock and put it on your locker so I know it's occupied. The amount of times I'm like fucking opening doors trying to find one that's unoccupied is like baffling. I'm like, fucking put a lock on your shit. Do you want to get your stuff to get jacked? I don't know, man. Yes, like i'm fucking annoying i can't even like that's that's probably probably the most pathetic thing i can i can whine about
1: gym. <laughs> but still but it's it's still irritating like you said you're going and it's like okay open one oh no open the next one no like hey get a lock i have a lock it's not hard like you said you go to the dollar store and get one protect your belongings one and two you just stop annoying other people yeah it's, it's this so has been
0: gym talk with you know, two jock hosts. <laughs> That's right. Uh, and I guess we'll just finally talk about Last Voyage of the Demeter, which we both thought, I, I I I keep it a half star more than you, but yeah. it's 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 painfully average, this movie, um, is how I describe it. Yes, it it certainly is. But how, yeah. how do you fuck this up? Honestly,
1: this is like, it hurts my head. Well, I mean, I didn't have huge expectations going into this um, because unfortunately the this trailer was being shoved down my throat any time I had was on YouTube, which is relatively frequently. Um, so I I caught enough of the marketing of this movie to be concerned, uh, because I was like, this feels like this is like a studio movie that has a hired gun director uh to make it the way that they want it. And it just you can, like, this could have been a good movie. The director, we, we talked about, it. what is it? Andre Overdahl, who's directed Troll Hunter, which we both like, um, The Autopsy of Jane Doe, which I may have liked more than you. I think oh, I, you, no, I, I've come around, I love that. Okay. Yeah. Um, but then more recent effort, Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark, uh, which I thought was basically uh, a poo. Um, uh, and then I'm not sure if there's been another one before, after, but then this, which also is like you said, painfully average. This doesn't feel like it has any sort of a distinct voice. Like the director have the, their own vision. Like to me, this is just this is exactly what I picture when the studio executives that they were saying, "This is the movie we're going to make." Uh, be like, you want to make this, and this is what it's going to be. It ha- clearly has a budget. Um, because there's, you know, so these big sweeping, uh, shots of the ship on the, like in the ocean and the storms or whatever. Yeah. And it looks, that, great. And, and it looks good. Uh, it's, that's not necessarily a, a bad thing. Um, you've got some decent name actors who are in the movie as well. Um, but it's just. And everybody gives a good performance, I think, too. Like that's the yeah. that's more
0: insulting to them. Like uh David Dasinachian, who I'm a huge fan of, is great. Liam Cunningham's awesome. Corey Hawkins, who plays the central character, is is really really good. Even the kid, Woody Woody Norman, who plays Toby, is I thought like I wasn't annoyed. And that's all I ask uh, for the children in movies is to not be annoyed.
1: <laughs> so Yeah. But um I think it just for me I I thought this idea was fantastic. I think it was probably like four or five years ago, it was announced that like David Slade was going to be making this movie. And I was like, I really fucking love the idea for this. This premise is wonderful. Um, and I think it was you who told me or somebody else who mentioned like, this was being described as like alien on a boat. Yeah, and, like, and it's
0: Alien 3 on a boat, actually. <laughs> yeah. I mean, but like, I'll get into like the, the, when we get into spoilers, like the, the parallels between Alien 3 and this movie are like, are sizable, actually.
1: Yeah. But, um, but yeah, I don't know. It just, like I said, it, it, it could have been creepier. Um, I just, I don't know how to describe it without like referencing specific scenes. Yeah, I, th-
0: I think we'll the, I think we'll end our general thoughts here. So maybe maybe just like a recommendation, and then we'll get into spoilers. How does that sound? Do you,
1: would you recommend this film? No, I, I don't think I would.
0: <laughs> it's, Man, all right. Yeah, it's, I, I agree. It's, though it's yeah.
1: borderline. Like it's not a terrible movie by any means. There's definitely some good stuff in the movie. Like you said, performances are good. Clearly has money, although like I, I would have done it in a very different way oh, had I hundred making yeah. this movie. Um, and there are some good creepy moments in the movie. Dracula looks good. Um, Dracula looks good when it, there's. We'll get to that. Yeah, yeah the yeah. practical yeah Dracula being used. Um, but yeah, it, but no, it's it's like you said. It's just it's average. I really thought the ending was pretty fucking weak. Uh, mm-hmm. And there's some characters that I didn't necessarily need or moments like beats that I just thought were didn't really suit this movie. The writing is,
0: is wonky, man.
1: Yes, definitely. And so, we'll get into it now. But generally I, I would awesome. also
0: not recommend it. I, I'd say if it's on streaming and you're like hard up for something that you like, it, it's competent. That's yeah. the best thing I can say about it. But like it... But that's also what I said about scary stories to tell in the dark. I'm like, well, I mean, it's, it's competent, I suppose. And I feel more negatively about scary stories to tell in the dark. I thought that was pretty poor. But but I mean, like the, it's, it's cogent is what I, I guess I'm I'm getting. Sure.
1: Yeah. yeah. And for me, that movie was more like, this feels like it's for children, which like, I mean, it's based on a children's book, but like it wasn't scary at all. <laughs> yeah.
0: All right. Let's get into, like, let's talk about our spoilers. Sure. So, uh, if you have seen this movie and again, it's likely you haven't, uh, we have a central character who's played by Corey Hawkins. Who's named is as Clemens and he's trying to get work, uh, a boat's docked and they're going to be doing a, a long voyage, uh, to England and aboard the ship. Uh, it's being loaded is a Dracula, um, and he basically gets his way onto the ship by saving a little boy, Toby, who's, uh, the captain's, uh, is it, it's not his son. It's just like somebody he has accepted as a son. Nephew. Nephew. I want to say that that's the relationship. Uh, man, i man, that. That but I completely I forgot about. I don't know. Um, but anyways. Uh, In
1: the ultimate save the cat moment. Totally. Uh, it's so lame. Yeah. That was lame. Yeah.
0: <laughs> but they're, they're loading up Dracula and he like falls when somebody realizes like, oh, he sees the insignia that is on the, the, the grave that's being loaded or the, the crate that's being loaded onto the ship and knows that it's like not something I would not fuck with that and decides to, you know, drop the rope. Um, also that insignia is fucking stupid looking, man. There's a lot of aesthetic choices here that I think are just, like, bananas. Agreed. Yeah. It looks like it's, like, a a, a Game of Thrones logo is, like, thumped onto (laughs) the the crate. Um, And I have a lot of criticisms of some of the aesthetics of Game of Thrones as well, but... (laughs) Anyways, uh, so he gets aboard the ship. We have, uh, Captain Elliot, his first mate as, uh, Wojek, who's played David by David Dell Machin. We have like a bunch of other people who are aboard the ship. And I think that they, the, that all the actors concretely kind of like give a performance that is unique from one another. And it feels like it is a ship to a certain extent. But, um, I, I and again, I think this movie starts fine. I, I think that the issues are typically for me arise when there's like action elements or like elements that are supposed to be like horrific. So when they start to realize that, you know, uh, or, or accept that something is aboard the ship that is going to cause them harm. I, I mentioned this to you. They basically, just, there's a, uh, we're going to arm ourselves and we're going to search the ship and the music is pumping and I'm kind of like getting engaged. And this is kind of like the first moment where the, it feels like it's ramping up. Again, like Alien Three, and realizing that there is a creature, and they're going to go and try to find it and, and flush it out. That the sequence just stops. Like, yeah. what? Like, what the fuck? Are <laughs> you like, really who wrote anywhere. this shit? It, it does nothing. You got me excited, uh, and you, you, you fucking left me, bro. <laughs> like,
1: like, well, in the length of time that it takes for them to sort of make a plan to do anything. It seems bizarre as well. It's like multiple people are dead and being attacked. And I think at this point it's established that like there's something on this ship. It's not like, oh, maybe one of the crew members, like, you know, killer. Yeah. It, exactly. It's like, no, there's a fucking creature on this ship. Um, But then it's not like immediately they're like, OK, well, then we all need to fucking stick together and or like only move in groups where like you think that there'd be some sort of plan of attack, but instead it's like, well, we'll just sort of carry on. And it's, it's like, well, now two people are going to be up on deck at night uh, keeping watch uh, where it's incredibly easy for <laughs> <the> <laughs> yeah. Dracula to yeah. pick you off. It's not like they're together the whole time. They're on opposite ends of the fucking ship. Like, so the, it just seems poorly thought out that way. And like you said, the sequence where they finally do like arm themselves to go like, let's fucking get this thing. It's like, it doesn't lead anywhere.
0: It's like a uh, lukewarm milk is what I described this movie as like, it's such a nothing burger. Um So uh, we had mentioned that the writing is bad. There's a sequence where they're, they're all discussing their bonuses that they'll get for, you know, in, in like an alien fashion, you know, they're all blue collar people who are looking for their bonuses um and the central character clemens who is a uh a cambridge trained doctor who now can't get work because he's black um and then it, there, he's like i don't want i don't want the money like i don't know what i'll do with it i'm like are you fucking this the dialogue here doesn't make sense like yeah. there's ways to explore the fact that he is unable to pursue his like vocation due to racism without him just being like oh i don't want the money Like you, you fucking stupid! You took this job presumably for the purposes of getting money. (laughs) The dialogue here doesn't make any fucking sense, and like they're trying to make him like pure and like it's it's so fucking stupid. Like just have an actual character who's allowed to be frustrated because they can't work as a doctor because the world is a nightmare, and like but still
1: appreciates money.
0: (laughs) Yeah, but still appreciates money. That's fine because we live in a capitalist hellscape. It, you just like live with it bro make your movie and, and don't make it stupid and then there's like moments at the tail end of this film where he's like confronted with dracula which is another issue that i have which is like if you want a feral dracula for me it's either you make him silent the whole time and fucking horrifying or you have him start to communicate at certain points throughout the movie and and really make uh, sure that that the, those dialogue elements are absolutely horrifying but Basically, he, we have our Dracula, a Dracula, holding Clemens, uh, up in the air, and he's like, "I'm not afraid of you," and Dracula's like, "You will be," and it's so fucking lame <laughs> and stupid. Yeah, that that's my point. The writing here, it sucks, and that's not the only sequence that for me has huge problems. So I, I told you my my biggest frustration is there's a moment where toby the little boy who's aboard the ship and he's locked inside the captain's quarters and uh there's another character who has previously been bitten by dracula and and basically they it's a dracula avatar is, is like their their pupils go white and they act uh, as a servant of dracula um and so he uh, he basically starts to like bash his head through the door and uh, and t- t- presumably to try to, like, get Toby out. Uh And they're all abo- uh, above deck at this point, um, just dealing, because, like, there are fewer people aboard, so they're just, like, you know, taking care of the actual direction, navigation of the ship, I think, at this moment. I don't know what the, why yeah. they're, why they're, but they're all together, and they're separate, <laughs> and Toby was supposed to be locked away. And we have this character who's been bitten and bashing his head through the door. Then it's revealed that Dracula's in the fucking room already. That I'm like... The, yeah. we're, we're, you're, you're just creating a a sequence where you you're like oh wouldn't it be cool if he just like bashed his head through the door it, but like there's there's like no understanding of like
1: it doesn't why, serve the it doesn't story serve any at all purpose it, it serves no purpose yeah
0: and that so dracula like if he's avataring him why is he doing this dracula's already in there fucking just kill the boy uh and then that's what he dracula does he kills the boy and then um the the premise not the premise sorry but like one of the the structure elements of the movie is that people can like knock on the the beams and it travels and that's how they can alert one another so the boy has been like hitting a beam and they all come rushing down restrain the the, the character who's been avatared by dracula tie him up and there's a hole in the fucking door and it's uh the the captain's like banging on the door to like get toby to like undo the latch and there's the fucking hole in the door and like he's hitting the door and it makes no sense then eventually the clemens character which feels like it was an insert shot to rectify the problem that it's quite clear the person could put their their arm through and you have like a voiceover what feels like an adr line of like i can't reach the lock when like you can reach the fucking lock (laughs) like we can see it like, it feels like such a poorly conceived sequence that, like, I, like, I, I, if I made that, I'd be fucking embarrassed, personally. The logic yeah. doesn't make sense. The sequence of events don't make sense. Like, I, I'm, I'm baffled that this is in, like, a, uh, a script that has, a, in, in a movie that's, like, passed through multiple you know, eyeballs.
1: Like- yeah, it's it's very bizarre because the sequence is, is once they get to the door and they look through the hole created by the guy bashing his head in, they see Dracula in there with Toby, the boy, and I think that's a, you know a creepy image, and it's you know they want to get after him, um, but then you have. An ex- what feels like way too long of, the, like you said, the, the door bashing and, Toby, unlock the door, Toby, unlock the door. And it's like, that's happening for what feels like 20 seconds before you get a, an attempted hand to come in and unlock the door. And if it was once that you heard that and then they attempt it, sure, but it's just happening for so long that it like draws your attention to the fact that like, Hey, maybe try unlocking oh, the fucking door. You idiots. Like, it, like you said, it's, it's so poorly structured and th- that not something that is like baked in. Like this is something easily taken out in the edit. Like if you, if you watch a, a version of this movie and you see that in there, it's like, we could easily just cut out the him like that's a fucking line that's potentially 80 yard like or just cut that dialogue out of him screaming unlock the door and then just cut right to them trying to unlock it like you don't it could have easily been resolved and been better not great because like you said everything that leads to that point is also sort of makes no sense given that dracula's in the room with him Mm -hmm. um but it just yeah there's such a bizarre choices uh, that shouldn't be in a movie like this. And that's where it's, it feels like it's like, God, it's just so like average. This is just a movie that like, they clearly didn't give that much of a fuck about where it's like, yeah, no, it's great. Um, yeah, yeah, he bashes his head. Cool. Moving on. Like no one's going to care about the logistics here or if it makes sense. Uh, it's just, you know, it's a creepy sequence. Um, so yeah, I don't know. There's, there's moments like that, that are, very poorly conceived um but it some of the dialogue that we've mentioned uh is also weird and I think tonally also the movie gets it wrong in a number of places where there's a character we haven't talked about uh who's a female character who they discover in one of the crates essentially I don't I'm not sure if it falls over and breaks open yeah breaks and open, they yeah. discover that there's a woman in the crate um who's clearly like I mean been bitten essentially um and needs a blood transfusion uh and so uh Clemens is keeping her alive uh and semi-normal not turning into a Dracula uh, avatar through his blood transfusions that he's giving her um and she sort of becomes a character once she's awake and sort of you know actively doing things Uh, but the relationship that between her and clemens and the ship itself she just feels sort of uh out of place and and like an element in the movie that is again it feels almost like this was a note that someone got where it's like we need a female in here we can't just have this all dudes and so like well what if she's here Um, and doing things and and then the moments where like again this is the spoiler territory so she she ends up dying eventually like the he stops doing the blood transfusions while they're sort of the boat is destroyed and they're laying on like the some of the wreckage floating in the water she sort of turns to clemens and shows that her eyes are white and like she's a you know, the sun's about to come up and she's going to die too. And it, at this moment, at a moment with Toby, like it's playing this like somber music, like, Oh, it's so sad that like this character has died, but like, we don't care about this character uh, to the extent where like, this is like a really sad moment. Like this is a, a, what should be a sort of horror, creepy horror movie thriller with Dracula on the fucking boat. Um, these moments aren't earned, but the score is trying to make you feel like they are. And it just doesn't work. Like her character is problematic in this whole <laughs> thing where like, she, again, it's, she just it's such a nothing feel yeah. like she even really exists to then try and make us think that this is a sad moment of her dying. Like, to be honest with you, sure. Maybe with Toby, because you get more of him and you see the relationship between him and the captain, but it just feels like, it's not really sad when any of these characters die. Like, sad isn't the emotion that I'm feeling when a character gets offed in this movie. It's excitement and, like, creepy is what it should be feeling like. Like, again, this should be a fun, creepy horror movie with Dracula on a ship. And, you know, we often argue, uh, talk about how, you know, you need to focus on character. Um, But, like, in a movie like this, I'm not interested in... Anna, the character, um, to the extent where I'm going to be really sad when she passes away in the movie. I don't know. It just, it, there's choices like that where, like I said, tonally, it doesn't really work, um, because we haven't earned these moments. We don't really care about the characters in that way. Um, and so, yeah, there's just odd choices and feelings. And like I said, I think we both agreed afterwards that this movie should have been handled very differently um than than how it was you mentioned the uh like was it the smoke or like the fog the fog uh, yeah the fog
0: sequence at the end is is absolutely terrible it's like it's so bland,
1: yeah, it just it's a, it looks terrible too you don't need this, and by no means am i uh You know, well established filmmaker. Um, but I just feel like keep me on, on the boat. Keep me on the boat. I not outside the boat. I want this to feel claustrophobic. I don't want to feel like there's much of an escape here or like I can get out. Um, and you can have like, you fill it with fucking haze or smoke, but like do it practically. Um, in a smaller scope not like oh it's all coming up from the water because he maybe has some sort of weird control over it because he's about to be flying around and like when they have their big plan to like lure him and kill him it's like well mm, all the fucking fog is coming up so you can't see where he is I'm exhausted listening to this it's so bad (laughs) it's just so frustrating yeah it's like come on you could have this could have been so good this could have been such a great fun movie in the hands of I feel bad saying this, but more talented people. And again, maybe the studio meddled too much and was like, no, we want like, we're spending all this money. We want to have the sh- big shots of the ship on the water and really like show that we're putting money into this. Um, but like, you don't really need it. Like, like I said, smaller scale there's a lot we talked about camera work in this movie being too clean uh for what it is like nah man like give me some handheld like creeping through the ship and dark and dimly lit and just make me feel like i can't get out of this like claustrophobic space but it just it didn't do anything really that i thought like a movie like this could do um, which was which was disappointing. Again, it's not it's not garbage. I feel like we're there's a lot of negative things that we're talking about. Generally, the performances are are good. Like you said, the stuff like as it's much just, it's as fine. I wouldn't use It's boring. Use it, it's boring. It, yeah, it's 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 boring, and yeah. it's two hours, and it doesn't really need to be. I really thought the ending was was bad too. I did not like how the movie ended, which was I'll explain it briefly for the listeners here. Uh, essentially. After they destroy, like the ship gets destroyed and Clemens and Anna have ditched the ship, as I mentioned, she dies in the water. She gets all cooked up by the sun, but they don't kill Dracula. Dracula is still on the ship when it crashes uh, into land in England. Um, and the last moments of the movie are Clemens. Like sitting in a bar, essentially, uh, is he writing? I think he is because, like, I think we're getting it's like some sort of like. It's meant to like. Over.
0: It's meant to bookend. So at the start of the film, the the ship grounds ashore, and 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 the basically the town's alerted, and like the local police, and they they discover the captain's log, and I think that that opening is fucking awesome. I, I like the 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 foreboding messaging of like like essentially like how it was like come ashore yeah but done in a, a more flowery uh judged way uh I, I really liked it and there is a criticism that like why would you make this movie we already know what happens i'm like that's a fucking stupid stupid opinion like we <laughs> It, we everybody flocked to go see Titanic. We all surely knew how that ended. Like, yeah. like the how a movie knowing how a movie ends isn't a bad thing as long as the movie is good. And unfortunately, the problem here is that the movie is not good. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, so to, that's that's the kind of bookend. So the main character is then writing kind of like a journal. I think, and
1: and, and you can you can take it away now. <laughs> sure. Um. And then in the. I, th- I think this is how the sequence goes while he's writing in this bar. Do we hear like the thumping of the, yeah. like of like a the cane, a cane. Yeah. that we've previously seen as Dracula, like a cane that was in his fucking casket, whatever you want to call it with some like, I don't know if it's a wolf or like a dragon head like on top of it and you hear that and the camera shows it and pans up to reveal that like Dracula's in the bar and wearing a fun hat. It's <laughs> <laughs> a very fun hat. Yeah and then like uh Clemens realizes and looks and Dracula's gone and he like runs out after to like yeah, see, to try and like find him to to kill him but it's it's got this sort of like silly voiceover narration where it's like i'm gonna make it my mission no matter what i'm gonna find you and get you and <laughs> my it's, name's liam neeson <laughs> <laughs> yeah. this is taken <laughs> and, yeah and, and it's uh. just like it's fucking corny and dumb and feels like it's trying to like set up the sequel which like definitely isn't fucking coming uh, we we knew that before the weekend even ended and the box office numbers came in like they're not this movie is not getting a fucking sequel and based on how this one went I wouldn't want a sequel um, because it would just be more silliness and, and boring um, so yeah that's I think that's all I have to say on on that movie. A, a big disappointment. It's not terrible, but it's just, it's boring and it had so much potential.
0: Well, I guess we've reached the point of the episode. I didn't intro this at all, but we're in a kind of like purgative state. We're in between season three, which ended, and or season four, that's going to start. Yes. And typically we will announce what our next film is at the end of this episode which is right now and uh we already kind of like talked about macon blair and his toxic avenger remake i'm gonna attempt to redo what we did with the host where this is a movie that mitch has already seen and doesn't like and i was kind of annoyed when you said you'd watch this movie but we're gonna do toxic <laughs> avenger i was like w- w- just wait man i got you baby i got you but uh we're, we're gonna dra- redrag you to hell with the toxic avenger and hopefully unlike the host, re-watching this doesn't prove to be a pleasurable experience.
1: I can't imagine it will.
0: Yeah, I don't think so. So this is going to be a good time. We're going to start season four off real hard and uh, real right, so stay tuned for that. Uh, right. you, need to, you need to go to Haircut and I need to go on a bike ride, so let's kill this shit. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So uh, stay tuned, guys. We'll be back. Uh, for now, let's just say goodbye. Bye. Goodbye.